what a hybrid workflow means for IT security, a podcast on the IT security culture within the SickKids Foundation of Toronto, Canada. When you think about IT security, it's sometimes easy to think that someone, someplace else, is taking care of it. But in an organization filled with teams of people that are usually the ones supporting others, paying attention to detail is kind of their thing. Most important thing about security, cybersecurity, uh, is everyone in an organization fully internalizing and realizing that it is everybody's responsibility, that it's something that everybody needs to pay attention to. And in fact, the data that we have should be safeguarded just as much as the funds that we're raising from donors. That's Derek Sutton, the Director of Infrastructure and Enterprise Architecture at the SickKids Foundation of Toronto. And his vision board may look a little different than everyone else's. Why? Well, he set a task for his team to lead the charge on digital transformation within the foundation by building on the culture of embracing technology in their operations and communication. Why? In one word, security. There's expectations of privacy around information. So if a donor knows, wow, a lot of people have access to my information, that's something that's important. And we, in fact, fairly recently redid our sort of internal privacy guidelines to sort of express that, to make sure that people knew what some of their kind of obligations are around how they're managing information. But at the same time, we're not in an industry like the hospital, Right? So we don't have a lot of that same sort of like health information that's super critical. We don't necessarily have a lot of that um, information in a bank that's directly related to how somebody is getting paid or the money that they have. And we don't have highly regulated types of data that you might have in the pharmaceutical industry or things like that, right? So coming from industries that were far more regulated and way more buttoned down. And a lot of this stuff kind of comes, is imposed from the outside. You know, the government or other regulators tell you how you must safeguard this type of stuff. We're instead in a situation where in many ways it's up to us and we're not necessarily going to have somebody external coming to us and saying, how are you managing this data? Because you must do X and Y. A lot of it is actually upon us to do ourselves. Uh, and so as a result, we have to force ourselves to kind of pay a little bit more attention to it and kind of how we're managing. It's exa- self-regulating is exactly the right, the right way to put it, yeah. So the challenge for anyone that wants to truly lead a secure digital transformation exercise is always going to be, how do we keep the workflow familiar and safe? Keeping these two objectives high on that vision board is what's sure to maintain productivity while giving the team the tools to work in hybrid or fully remote scenarios. Once we started putting the tools in place where people could kind of work from wherever they happened to be, then it really became necessary to put more emphasis on the tools and the kind of personal responsibility that people have to make sure that they're following good practices. But that also means working with clients as effectively as working with team members. So the message of security has to also be embedded in how the outreach team interacts with the community and the public as an audience. I think in some ways it's made some things easier. So I know that for some of the folks here that spend 
their days working with small, working with individual donors or small groups of donors because that's their whole job, right? A, being able to connect with more people more often, having the ability to be able to meet with people virtually and everybody accepting that. It can be a meaningful kind of conversation and connection, especially if it's just something where you just need to connect with someone for a few minutes. The ability to do that versus saying, well, geez, now I've got to choose, right? How can I, taking the time, my travel time and things like that to go and to kind of meet someone, you know, sometimes that's definitely what you want to do. I think some of those things you definitely want, that face-to-face, person-to-person kind of interaction. So how did that go? How do you coach a remote team to create a sense of comfort and secure conversation while interacting with donors and the public virtually? Luckily, the team at SickKids Foundation seems to do this naturally. Well, it seems that way. But honestly, it's because they're true professionals. It's natural. You've been operating a certain way for, for a while uh, to, to be a little leery of sort of something new. It can seem complex, but ultimately, the way these tools work and the way they're intended to work, the way we want them to work, is it should be relatively simple. So we want to help. We want to try and get people engaged and really kind of using these tools. We want to try and keep it simple for people. Uh, and so that's really the, that's kind of the first and foremost thing is don't be afraid. Try it out. A lot of times when, when people reach out to me looking for assistance and looking for help, a lot of times it's they're afraid to take the first step because they're worried it's going to be too complex or I haven't done this before and I'm, it, it makes me really, really nervous. And I really do encourage people to say, listen, we're, you know, we're here to help you. Just try it because oftentimes you'll find it, it's not as challenging as you think it is. But sometimes you just have to kind of find, find the right resources to help you. And we try to encourage people to sort of to do that. I and mean, that's kind of what part of this initiative is all about is to is oftentimes there's a relatively straightforward answer to it or something that we can provide to you. Or we can answer that question. And that's something that we really want to try and do. Uh, ultimately, when you l- kind of lift the floor, when people start to feel more comfortable with digital technology, then that kind of leads to and enables other things as well. Uh, if you're just generally more comfortable with technology, then you're going to be more open to some of those things. And that's how we get to some of the more I'll call kind of like higher order things, things that are going to maybe directly impact how you're going to reach out to you know donor groups and things like that. So that's kind of what we want to get to. This is really, this is kind of a stepping stone to that sort of thing. So the team relied on their intuition to keep the face of the foundation familiar, even when interacting in a new way. And Derek and the IT team, in good form, thought, if we train the individual thinking to be cyber safe in their personal capacity as well, that's sure to help secure the digital space of the foundation's work. After all, having a healthy cyber security plan personally also helps keep the user safe when working online too. Yes, you're getting this through work. We're requiring you to, you know, do this course or take this test, respond to this thing, whatever it happens to be. That's uh, yeah, that has to do with work, but it's way beyond that. Good cybersecurity practices are things that you should be doing. You should internalize. These are things that are not just related to the, how you work, but how you do everything. So when I try to secure how I'm working, that's also what I do personally. 
So the way that I manage how I handle my banking information or personal files that I have saved somewhere and things like that, right? I try to make sure that the practices that I use at work, I'm applying to everything that I do digitally. And I think that's a really important thing for people to sort of realize is to say, listen, this is, you don't just do this at work, right? If your work email gets compromised, you know, that's going to affect, that can affect your job. It can affect the organization, uh, but chances are you're probably more vulnerable personally as well. So don't just think of it in terms of, oh my God, somebody got into my email and found some emails that I wish they hadn't or took some information out or, or something like that. But think of it in terms of, oh my God, somebody got my banking information, got my credit card information. Think of it really in terms of that, sort of not just securing how you work, but also kind of securing how you do everything that you do digitally because you can't really separate the two. Half the time when you're on your phone, I mean, it's maybe I'm looking at social media, maybe I'm responding to a Teams message, maybe I'm looking at email, maybe I'm looking at a presentation, like whatever it happens to be, th those lines are completely blurred. So you can't separate out kind of the personal and the professional when it comes to how you protect yourself. So although Cybersecurity Month is a thing, honestly, being vigilant online is both a personal and professional no-brainer. From clicking on links in random emails to answering robocalls about your CRA account number needing to be updated, just being safe sometimes means taking a few seconds to ask yourself, does this look right to me? If you're not sure, reach out to Derek and the IT team. Report that suspicious email. No shame in being safe, especially when it's both your personal and your professional data that's on the line. We're now at a, I would say, tipping point with these repositories. And one thing I've told people in the past was to say, the more information we get into this 365 environment, then the more empowered we can be as an organization to do all sorts of different things, whether it's stuff in the background to be able to automatically tag information, to if we want to put some like gates around it that don't require a lot of personal action, but simply action that gets taken on your behalf. Hopefully, as we start to move into more into these spaces, not just how to organize things and where things should go, but also here's how we can kind of keep things secure. I just see these tools as being a way for us to keep us keep us safe, um, but not sort of restricting people or sort of you know being like Big Brother. Like this Take 15 podcast? Look out for more on this and other topics, and feel free to share your questions and comments on the Hub.